Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our Free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter six, verses one through nine, called The Four Cups. Some of us ask the question, why would God ever ask a holy prophet of his to marry a prostitute knowing what she would do? And the whole thing is outlined in scripture to become a picture of God's relationship with Israel, that though he loves Israel and he continues to reach out with his love to her, she is enamored with idols and she continue to, continues to commit spiritual adultery against him. And God says, Hosea, I want you to walk in my sandals now. Everybody's concerned about looking at life from their perspective. I want you to see my perspective. Here's my perspective. I bought this people. I love them. And they continue to cheat on me. But I want you to go and buy, them, buy her back. And I want you to tell her that you love her and that you're not going to give up on her. And I know there's theology, you know, that's out there that, you know, the church has replaced Israel and, and God's not working uh, uh, in literal physical Israel anymore, I beg to differ. I think the Bible makes it very clear that God is working and will work in the future in the actual physical nation of Israel. And I think the whole picture of Scripture is undeniable that that's the case. The church is grafted in, no doubt, to those promises, praise God. But God will always be true to the promises that He has made to His people. But it's not been without bumps and bruises. It's not been without tough love, amen? And by the way, the same thing that happened with Israel applies to the church. Yes, we're in the new covenant, but God still disciplines his children, and that's because he loves you. So daddy does spank. But he does it because he loves you. He doesn't want you to be wayward because he knows if you go off to back to the idols, back to that lifestyle, it's just going to put you back in bondage and he wants you to be free. See, he's redeemed you with a price, not silver and gold, but the precious blood of Jesus Christ without spot, without blemish. Don't forget who you are. Now this word ga'al in Hebrew, the, the, uh, the word for redeem, means to buy back what was originally one's own. And the root is the idea of a kinsman redeemer. And this is seen in the book of Ruth, where, uh, what's the guy's name again? See, this is names again. <laughs> Say it again. Boaz. Boaz, thank you. <laughs> you guys are all saying it at the same time. like, ah, what? Anyway, <laughs> Boaz. See, I told you with the names thing. Anyway, but he steps in. And he becomes the kinsman redeemer. And you can see that in Ruth chapters three and four. And Boaz is a a type of Christ. And so he pays the ransom. You have three cups. The I wills, you can see the buying back. We have been bought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body. First Corinthians 6, 19 says you've been bought with a price. Glorify God in your body. Sometimes, you know, you, you get the idea that contemporary Christians don't think that holiness is that big of a deal. And while it is true that we're not going to be perfect and we're going to fall short, and that's why we need grace, 
Holiness is something we should pursue because we've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. That's a response to the price that's been paid for you. You don't earn your salvation, but you respond to what God has done by saying, Lord, I offer myself as a living sacrifice. I know it's not easy. I I know that this world beats against this idea of holiness, but do you want to swim with the tide? That's easy. The old saying is any dead fish can float downstream. All you got to be is dead. And you can go with the flow of this world. But I would argue that there are many believers, sadly, that are running right down that river with the world and haven't stepped out of it and realized their freedom. You have the power to be free. The power to walk in newness of life. It is going to be a process, but it is within you. And then the fourth cup. I will take you for my people. Literally, this is verse seven. Just take note again of the I wills. I will take you for my people. Literally, I will take you to me or myself as my people. I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. The fourth cup, if we can move to that one, is the cup of acceptance. And the cup of acceptance has two Uh, primary metaphors or images that I want to just put before you. One is of adoption, but the major theme here seems to be marriage. It's a marriage metaphor. When we say a metaphor, we're just talking about a picture, right? And so when it says, I will take you as my people and I will be your God, this is the idea of becoming his in a marriage picture. Adoption fits as well, but here it is a picture of, of marriage. And this is the fourth and final cup I'd like to put before you. The language appears, says one scholar, to derive from marriage and adoption formulas found in Israelite and ancient Near East and the ancient Near Eastern world. Talking to my rabbi friend Robert this last week, I was kind of picking his brain on some of these images, and he said, You know, Pastor Michael, he said, Really, what we have here in the fourth cup, this cup of acceptance or this covenant marriage is the idea that when Israel moves into the wilderness, they're on their honeymoon. And uh, Pastor Matthew and Priscilla just got married. Many of you were here for that wedding. Were you here for that wedding? Raise up your hand. Wasn't that a fun time? And then they went on their honeymoon. And he's not back at work yet, and I'm angry. Uh, no, I'm just, just kidding. Now, I think that this is worth turning to in I'm going to ask you to hold your place in Exodus and turn to Jeremiah. So you're going to pass up the Psalms and Isaiah. Go to Jeremiah chapter 2. I'm going to show you just a couple verses here. But I I think this is worth us turning and taking a look at because this is just so beautiful. And remember, Jeremiah is largely a bummer book. Uh, It's all about judgment. And (laughs) yeah. But I want you to see this image of acceptance in the marriage picture As you look with me at Jeremiah 2, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me saying, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. And I'm going to read from the NIV because I just love the way that this is rendered. I remember the devotion of your youth, Jeremiah 2, 2. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the desert, through a land not sown. Israel is pictured in Jeremiah 2.2 as one devoted to their God, 
a bride newly married to her husband in love. And off to the desert they went on their honeymoon. And as they wandered into the, into the desert, sadly, it didn't go really well. And I want to take you to Jeremiah 31 for a second. And as you turn there, I think we all realize, those of us who are married, that we get married, we, we say vows, we enter, in, we enter into what we call a covenant. We say, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, as long as we both shall live with God as my witness, I give you my promise. And then we go off on a honeymoon, and that's usually pretty fun. And then the desert of this world becomes a reality, right? It's not easy. Marriage is the school of discipleship. It's really where you learn to practice agape love. And you got to learn it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love, agape love means you love as a decision of your will. Not for what you're going to get back. You just love because that's what agape does. And this is also pictured in the prodigal son when Jesus tells the story in Luke 15 about the prodigal leaving home and wandering in the world and becoming broken and ending up in the mud pit of his own sin and rehearsing then a speech, coming to his senses. I'll go back to my father. I'll say, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And the father says, oh, no, 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 no. You are my son. And he hugs him and puts a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and a robe on him and throws a party. This son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was wandering in the desert and he's come home. Look, marriage is not easy, but marriage is the school of discipleship. It's where you learn to love with God's love. Did you think God's love was easy? Look at you first thing in the morning. Come on. It ain't pretty. Okay, look at me, right? Sometimes you're like, God, if you can love this. <laughs> yeah. I often pray, Lord, if you can do anything with this, <laughs> whatever, whatever you can do, you're going to have to fill me with the fruits of the Holy Spirit, with the power of the Spirit, because, woo, it ain't pretty this morning. Anyway, all right, we'll keep going. Now, my wife is pretty every morning. That's a whole different story. That's called wisdom, brethren. Anyway. <laughs> no, that's serious. You are. Uh, we digress. Let's. It is about marriage. But anyway, Jeremiah 31, 31 says, Behold, 31, 31. Days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke. I didn't break it. They broke it. Although, what your Bible say? I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and on their heart I will write it. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is same language as we see in the fourth cup. And they shall not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Listen to our podcast mini-series, A Step Closer. In these series, Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics we face in our life from a Christian perspective. Our next series is called Trick or Treat, The Origins of Halloween. But we also shouldn't look sideways at Christians who take their kids to Christian alternative uh, celebrations or even go door-to-door in a Superman costume. We need to chill out. They're not practicing the ancient festival of Druidism. And this is Awen. They're dressed as Superman getting candy. Okay? The holiday has become largely secular. We all know that. Most Americans have no clue of anything I've told you this morning. You can listen to A Step Closer on walkintruth.com. Or you can subscribe and follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app, like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Jeremiah 31, 31 says, Behold, 31, 31. Days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke. I didn't break it. They broke it. Although, what's your Bible say? I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is the same language as we see in the fourth cup. And they shall not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. Back to Exodus, and we'll finish it. The good news of the new covenant. The four cups. By the way, uh, there is a fifth cup called Elijah's cup in the Seder. Uh, they, they put that cup out uh, in expectation that Elijah might show up and announce the coming of the Messiah. And there's a land promise in the last couple of verses. We'll, we'll move quickly here, but this is uh, 6, 8. Just note again the I wills. I will bring you to the land which I swore. We talked about the honeymoon imagery to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will, seven I wills, called the seven I wills of salvation, if you're interested. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. You'll notice that the, the, the phrase, I am the Lord, bookends the teaching of the four cups. He started with I am the Lord, and he bookends it with I am the Lord to underscore God's intention to redeem and the connection of his re- redemption to his name, Yahweh. The two final I wills, the promise of possession of the promised land. If you have an NIV, it says, I swore with an uplifted hand. This is an idiom for making a formal promise. If you have an NIV, it would be something like this. You're in a court of law. I swear 
usually raise your right hand. If you've seen the, uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> I was going to go into the Three Stooges, but it's really silly. Have you guys seen that one? Raise your right hand. Take off your hat. Anyway, never mind. It's, it's not worth even going there. It's just silly. But, <laughs> but it's, it's a way that God is saying, I give you a formal promise. And isn't it interesting that Israel is in the land even today? This is tantamount to saying, I am Yahweh, your covenant God. It's a relational picture of identity. The true church, us, we are grafted in. We are his bride. We've been uh, relieved from the burden of our sins. Canaan is not a picture of heaven, says one writer. It is a picture of the Christian life as believers should be living it. So we need all the help we can get because it's a battle. And so Moses spoke thus to the sons of Israel. He laid it out, but they did not listen. And on account of their despondency and cruel bondage, they were so overwhelmed. They, they heard the words, they heard the teaching, they heard how profound it was, but they couldn't seem to believe it because they had been under so many burdens and now making straw, making bricks without straw. And, and I want to go here because I want to tell you something that happens. Sometimes you hear these beautiful truths and you don't think they can be for you. And you know why? Because you're under, under so many burdens. And, and you hear this and you say, oh, that, that works for that person over there and I'm sure God can save and use that person, but not me because I'm under too many burdens and maybe some of them are self-created. But the gospel, my friend, is for you. If you're watching right now, it's for you. He came for you. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He loved the world. He loves you. That whoever believes in him will not perish. They'll have everlasting life. And I want to ask you, do you believe? Have you entered into the new covenant? Have you said yes? You know, when a marriage proposal is put forth, there needs to be a response. And the response is, will you marry me? And the response is, I will. That's how you enter into the covenant. You say, I will. I will leave my former life and I will be now bound to you. You are my Lord. You are my God. Now, many of you have said, I will to this offer, but some of you haven't. And until you do, you're not married to him and you're not a Christian. That's just the truth. But you can be, because he is literally a prayer away. And the biblical gospel says, repent of your sin and receive Jesus Christ as your Redeemer, as your Lord and Savior. And he will save you. He will not cast out anyone who comes to him in faith. Will you come? If you're not saved you need to get saved, man, or you're going to remain under the burden of your sin and you're going to be judged one day because God is holy. But instead of judging us, he judged his son. His son took our place at the cross. He took our punishment. He took the wrath of the father. The innocent one who knew no sin became sin for us that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's the gospel. And you, you've got to have a moment where you decide, I will follow him. He's worth it and so much more. 
Amen? So I'm going to pray. And if you haven't made this decision yet, I invite you, the Lord invites you through the power of his word. Get saved. You've been listening to The Four Cups, part three on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 6, verses 1 through 9. And if you missed any part of the program today, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, which is the church behind Walk in Truth. And that's where Pastor Michael Lance serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies and free events, both for you and your kids, like our annual Harvest Festival coming later this month. You can also learn about this Sunday's service and what the teaching will be on. Pastor Michael would love it if you came by for a visit. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from our Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app from your app store. And remember, it's the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, in the beauty of this image of the four cups, what we see is God's wonderful promise that he would bring us to himself, that he would break our bondage, that he would, he would take us to himself, much in the, in the idea of marriage type of covenant language. Covenant is a beautiful topic to, to revel in and think about. It's really what God does. He's a covenant God. And the four cups reveal a covenant. And, you know, when we think about the, the third cup of the Seder meal, we think about Jesus on the night before he would suffer for us, handing them the cup of redemption and telling them, drink it, drink from it, all of you. And saying that it represented his blood. You know, It is the blood of Christ that cleanses. It is the blood of Jesus that washes away sin. It's his death, yes. But we know it's the blood of Christ that is precious. We weren't, you know, uh, redeemed by corruptible things, but by the incorruptible Christ through his precious blood, says Peter. Maybe you would say, oh, Lord, Lord, I, I feel like I've drank in from many bitter cups in my life. Maybe even you, you feel like, man, they've tainted me, kind of poisoned the well, spiritually or metaphorically speaking. But there is a cup that you can drink from, and again, in metaphor, the cup of salvation in Christ Jesus And that's what we've been dealing with here in the book of Exodus. Jesus says, drink. In John chapter 6, he talked about eating and drinking. And really, those images were were about believing in him and coming to him. Coming to him and believing in him. Taking him in. Making him part of who you are. That's what it means to be saved. To know him. To have him live inside of you. Have you made that decision? Are you a Christian? Do you know that you know that you know? Don't die with a question mark over your soul. You don't have to do that. You can know right now. You say, well, how do I do that? Because many, many of us think that it's about performance. It's not. It's about the finished work of Christ. 
We're saved by grace through faith. It's not of us. It's not works. It's about drinking from the waters of salvation. Have you done that? You say, well, how do I do it, Pastor Michael? I want it. Oh, it's so simple. Jesus says, come to me. You know, the way you come is simply by doing this. You turn away from what you've been following. False gods, the world, being your own God, fill in the blank. And you say something like this, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I repent. I believe that you came on a rescue mission and died on that terrible cross for me, taking my punishment, taking my shame because you love me. You love me. I believe that you rose from the dead, just like you said you would. I'm a believer. Be my king, be my Lord, be my savior, be my God. Teach me to follow you. But I want to be born again to that living hope in Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we want to know to celebrate with you. Please go to walkintruth.com. You can send us a note through the website, walkintruth.com. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also so more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us on Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 6.10 through 7.7 called Divine Reassurance. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.